What is good, Creative Ambiance community? Thank you for being here. I go by the name of Levi, and I'm happy to be back after a short time away handling some life responsibilities for the past month. But it's all been a great reminder that even though life can get heavy, everything moves on with or without you. Better days are ahead, and that's true whether your current days are good or bad. Best days are in front of you, so believe that. Nonetheless, you're in for a treat today with my guy Kai Nguyen. If you aren't familiar, he's a Vietnamese-born fashion designer who's currently based in Los Angeles and the owner of the clothing line Lumiere's. You might have heard of him on the hit HBO Max show, The Hype in which he was a finalist, but beyond all that, we really got to dig into the way his mind operates, and he delivered some valuable messages that I can't wait for you all to hear. So let's get to it. Here's episode 84 of Creative Ambiance with Kai Nguyen. Hey, what's up guys? I'm Kai, and you're listening to Creative Ambiance. There's a time and place for everything. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There well, we first off, let's let's get a cheers in really quickly. Cheers. Shout out to Kai Nguyen coming through cheers. on the podcast. Um, the owner of Lumiere's and a Vietnamese-born designer based in Los Angeles. Let me go ahead and throw this back real quick before we get uh, in. Me too. Ooh, yeah. That's uh, my, my tequila, bro. That's how I knew I would fuck with you because I saw you with a tequila bottle yeah. and I'm a tequila drinker. I only drink tequila and I had to grab tequila because of all the meeting I told you about. Yeah, so so yeah. so to give some background, Kai told me that he has to take a shot at the beginning of this podcast and there's a reason for it. So what is the reason for that? Uh, I mean, because uh, a lot of people think that's like I'm really good with people in a way. I like communicate because they see the way I am, but I actually like... Not that I don't like people, I love people, but I'm still an introvert who loves people. I just love, like, genuine connection. Okay. I just still have that sense of, what you call it, like, it's not public uh, speech scare thing. It just, it's not nervousness. It just, I saw overthink. You overthink what you're saying, you think? Uh, no, I just overthink certain things, and I, like, calculate things too much. Mm. So, it, is it one of those things where it's after the fact? You're kind of overthinking? No, no, it's during the fact. Oh, it's during the fact. Yeah, and, and uh, I can sense that it bothers a lot of people sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, people are like, why you take like 30 seconds to answer? I'm like, bro, like, can, can I take my time? Like, you want <laughs> me to blurt out things? Like, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty interesting because... When you sit there and you think, people think that you don't care, but you're, you're like, hey, like, I respect you enough to take my time to reply to you. Mm. It come down with text. And also, it's come down to our generation. Everyone just instant gratification, yeah. and they're like, yo, and demanding. It's like, yo, like, I say something, you need to reply right away. I'm like, I can, <laughs> but you're not going to like it. And you're not going to get, like, a truthful thought yeah, out of like, it. Like, it, it we don't sit down and ha- this is why I love podcasts because we don't sit down and have real conversation anymore. We don't, yeah. No one listens to each other. Everyone just wait till someone done talking and 
so they can talk. So it's their turn to talk. They're not really actively listening to what you have to say. They're just waiting to say whatever they have ready in their mind, yeah. right? Like you said, the first word, and they already have a rebuttal. Yeah. If you put it that way, it's almost like a form of respect, too, because you're being conscious enough to give that person like a full, a full thought. Yeah. It's kind of psychotic to say this, but low-key Hannibal lecture and a lot of books like that oh, shit. Are, are like a psychology books or things make me feel like, hey, like just take a deep breath and like talk to people like you respect them, not just screaming. Emotion can take time too, in a way. So it, I, I just don't think it, it's not like, just like right now I'm doing it, like think of the right thing to say in a way. It, I would say, say like conversation is like a chess game, but that's not the right thing to say even because talking to someone is not a game. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you you have to actually put your thoughts into it if you talk to the person that you care about or like respect them enough or else you can be like that's cool bro yeah 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 that that's interesting because i feel like there's a there's a sense of like filtering going on because on your end if you're the one that's saying something to me you're trying to put through a filter of like, I have this yeah. thought in my head, let me say it in a way that this person will understand yeah. it. And that could be different depending on who the person is. And then once you say it, I have like a filter taking whatever you said and trying to process it in my own brain to kind of dissect what it means, right? So with that said, I feel like there should be like some form of thought and pause for you to process all that. It shouldn't be like you said, just a yeah snap of the finger thing and thing right like we're not in an argument and we're not we're not in like a debate yeah like it's not who's smarter in, in a way a lot of the time like people our age we always think it's like we have to be smarter than our peers and in my opinions it's like if i think i'm smarter than you why would i hang out with you in the first place like or you think you're smarter than me, why would we be together in the first place? I want to be around people who are smarter than me. Mm. And because of that, I want to listen to them and make sure I can learn something from them. You want to surround yourself with people that... That you can better learn. than me at something. Like a anyone who stands shoulder to shoulder with you should be better than you at at least one or two things. How, how long have you had that type of mindset for? Uh, almost forever, in a really? way. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, it, it, it narrowed down or it bleed down so deep, uh, so shallow to a way that, like, even the way people dress. Like, I love that we have the same style and all things, but we have to have some sense of individuality and in a way that like that like you do have to be better than me at at least one or two things and i want to learn from you oh yeah i like that yeah and like, you don't 
No, go ahead. No, no, you, you go. I was going to say, like, you don't think that you developed that from certain experiences when you were growing up, or you think it's just something you learned over time? Or? I, I think it's something I learned from over time or over her from somebody. Okay. Yeah. It, I think that's important, too. Like, the learning aspect is always going to be something that you should be striving for because you can... And some, if you're surrounding yourself, like you said, with people that are better than you or people that are smarter than you or whatever the case is, there's always something to learn from every one of those people. Yeah. So it's a constant, like, Yeah, thing. it's a constant, like, going, like, forward of, like, certain things. Absolutely. Yeah, like, it, it, even that is me being able to listen and learn from somebody that say that. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, somebody say that and i learned from them even though i forgot who said it or what it is i still was attentive enough to sit there and listen and that's in my core memory now and who i am as a person it sticks with you yeah do you think that you have that same effect on the people that you're around too uh, I hope so. <laughs> I think it? you do. I think you've already, it's been what, like probably 10 minutes since we started this thing. And yeah. I feel like you've already dropped some gems that are pretty applicable. Cause I haven't had this type of, con- I've, it's probably my 84th episode. I haven't had this type of conversation with anybody. Like this is a new perspective yeah. that I've heard, but it all makes sense. What I, I want to talk a little bit about your upbringing first. So you are, like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, you're Vietnamese born. Um, up until I believe the age of 11 is when you yeah. when you moved to the States. So, and, and I feel like there's a lot of places that we can start here. Um, and I'm a fan of your work and I have uh, studied a lot of like your journey. And I, I, I'm just curious, uh, what was like the first time that you fell in love with like fashion or design or, or the first time that you really felt that spark of interest when you were in your younger ages? You know what's crazy? I'm going to say this, and people are going to laugh. What? Um, Hollister. Hollister. No way. Yeah. How did, how did that come about? Um, I was seeing, uh, I didn't really take, no, no, like, we can go deeper down before Hollister. This is, like, two weeks apart, right? Like, I was, like, not a cool kid. Like, just a random Vietnamese kid in school. Like, and this is when you were in yeah, Vietnam? Yeah, like we in like sixth grade or fifth grade. No, no, here. Oh, in and America. this is when you were in the States. Yeah, I didn't really care about, like, I, all I think about in Vietnam at the time was like fucking fighting and shit. Really? Yeah. Was it, it, was it, it was tough back then? Uh, it wasn't tough. It's like, we trying to act tough. Oh. Because everyone then was tough. You know what I mean? So you just trying to act the toughest. And... Basically, when I got to America, all of that time passed a year or so. I remember the first time I had a click was, uh, was in JC Penny. It was like some on sale store, like a okay, like a department store. Yeah, department store, and I saw like a pair of Supra. Oh. And I didn't thought much about it. I just bought it. And this is crazy. I gotta tell this story to the guy who owns Supra and designed oh, no and designed Supra like sky high one two four. That must have and, been full circle. Yeah, it's like we played pool and we like had a full night. Fire. It, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But I saw that I bought the pair, and from then on out, uh, I 
I got into like soccer, like we got into like JV. It wasn't even varsity yet. And I had a homie who show up and I remember we both listened to like Nirvana and stuff. And I, I already was wearing like blue jean and flannel. But I remember he was like showing up wearing like full on like Hollister flannel. Like oh, shit. that's exactly like fucking Kurt. You oh, know from, yeah, I mean? from Kirk Cobain. Yeah. yeah, and then wearing like certain shoes and like, like it became my best friend. I'm like, what the fuck? You have the same style. That's like Kurt. I'm like this, and we in the same fucking soccer team now. Cause he moved school and shit, and all that. And in my head, uh, then we started connecting, and because of the style, we like, oh, there, there actually a sense of style that people could. At the time, Minnesota was boring. Everyone just wearing fucking Under Armour. Really? Yeah. That's how it was out there? So me and my homies start connecting. And the first final spark, I'm, I realized that, yo, I actually like fashion. I should pursue it. Before everything else was uh, Cement 3 release. Cement 3 release Re- of the Jordans? Yeah, of the Jordan. What was it about the Cement 3s that had uh, you I, enamored? Because it, there's a deeper story to it, because like, I always go to the mall. The shoe was cool by itself, but people lining up. And I'm like, yo, if this is cool, I want to be a part of this shit. So it was almost so, like a sense of community? Yeah, that so, you wanted to be part yeah of? so it's like, how, how can I line up for this? And then the guy from Finnish, I'm like, yo, we already know you. You want to start getting into shoes? Like, we'll let you skip the line, because you're youngest one in town. Like, you would, I was like 12 or 13, I'm like, Oh shit. I was like size seven at the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, can you keep me a size? And that's how everything gets started. Wow. Yeah, and, and at the time we still wearing Hollister jean with Jordan and Hollister flannel and shit. That was a different era. Yeah, that was a crazy era. When people like go on Facebook, their Facebook group. That was yeah. uh back then Hollister was like the way for I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm I'm I just turned twenty nine. Um, uh, yeah, I'm 27. Okay, yeah, so yeah. like same same age range. Like when I when we were in the teen teenage years, Hollister had like a hold on every on everybody. Every guys, every it was super accessible. It was affordable. Um, I worked. I, I even worked at Hollister for like a, a year um, back in the day, and yeah, it was a uh, it was like the shit back then. Fuck, I, I forgot what was it. I wasn't white. And like I was in shape, but I wasn't white, so I couldn't work at Hollister. <laughs> so I work at uh, Bucko. Bucko. Yeah. I was when I, they have Affliction, Rock Revival. Bro, and Affliction shit. was the whole I, thing I tried too. to work at Zoomy. Oh, you did. But still wasn't white enough. With Zoomies, <laughs> was you had to be white to work at Zoomies. I mean, it's in the Minnesota. Host game, like, yeah, but the thing is, Zoomy people love me, but the manager just like. You can't have an Asian kid barely speak English working here. Oh shit! It was you one know? of those things. Yeah, but but I still like work uh, like friend with everyone in the mall when I was like 13, 14. That's so funny because every mall had like the Hollister, the Zoomies, yeah. the fucking finish lines, fucking and, like, Dairy Queen, Dairy Queens, <laughs> the Winchell pretzel or the yeah, pretzels, the things, pretzel, yeah. bro. They all are synonymous with that. How was so? How was that actually for you as you were growing up in Minnesota? Um, just culturally, right? Because I'm, I'm, I've been born and raised in Los Angeles. I've been surrounded by diversity my entire life. So naturally, for me, it's just been. Uh, 
I feel like it's probably more welcoming for somebody yeah. who comes from like a foreign country. So in Minnesota, how is how is life for you when you when you were coming up over there? I mean, at first, it is it's a roller coaster because when I got there, I went to Catholic school. Oh, yeah, because they sponsor a family, which is you know they love diversity. Yeah, just like how every Midwest church, like they always need those. Asian family, black family, you know, like like parish. the checkbox. Yeah, the checkbox. <laughs> like our church is like so, but they did took us with a welcome hand. The adults were amazing. They meant well. Yeah, like I know that. Like now, grown up as an adult, I know everyone meant well, and I can't blame them for who they are, but. They didn't understand that well. The joke they make and the things that they do, I didn't even know it. Like a good at the time. Yeah, a good example is like we we were at soccer practice or like wrestling practice and stuff like that. And people always ask me, three o'clock is when we like leave, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the time, everyone always asked me what time is it, and I'm like three o'clock. Oh, because they wanted to hear your accent yeah, when you said it. Yeah. So stuff like that, Syrian thing, and they're, they're always bullying that going on. But me being me, I could defend myself in, you know, all aspects. But at the time, I loved that, that I was so naive and innocent that, like, years later, I would, like, go take a nap and go sleep, and I would thought about it, and I'm like, oh, fuck. They were roasting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, what? You didn't I'm even like, know back I'm then. I'm like, shit, why was I so nice back then? Yeah. But I think that's also add into my character why everyone loved me so much back then. Because it wasn't like... You, you yeah, I, I answered the right way. I'm like, whatever. And it kind of like got into my character. A bleed deep down my core character. is like, whatever. I know you don't come in at me with malition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like how your homie roasting you, you know when someone making fun of you and when someone just having fun. Yeah, there's and, a big and difference. And that's like a good line. There is a good yeah. line between that. And also like depending on how well you know that person. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I have friends who can make fun of my accents and we do jokes all day. But as soon as someone else say the same joke, not even me. My friend would be like, "What the fuck are you just saying? Like, <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that joke." Yeah, it builds some character too. Yeah. Sometimes, like when yeah. you get roasted enough, it's kind of just like yeah. you learn how to laugh at yourself. Like, and, and, and some people not get used to it, and they get uncomfortable when a lot of instances. What well, because we grew up in LA, I can say that now because I've been here for almost eleven years. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. Like since I'm sixteen, like. So I'm t like 27 now, so that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's practically a decade of my life. And like me and my friend would make fun of each other and everyone look at us like, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> like, would you say things like that to each other? We're like, yeah, like, calm down. Yeah. Don't get mad for us. Because you're on that level with each other. Yeah. Where you can have like a certain amount of respect. Yeah. Like if our friend do something wrong, we can call him out. Yeah. And I think people lost that aspect of life too. That's very true because times are a lot different now. Like back then, I felt like almost anything goes right. Like you, were, like people were vicious. Like with whether it was bullying or just yeah. like roasting and stuff like that. Like you could get away with saying a lot of things that you can't say in today's world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now, like, 
now we have to watch what uh we say like i lost i lost my first twitter which is you hilarious. Did? Yeah. Did you say some like shit? No, no. <laughs> the shit that got that me banned wasn't even that bad. What was it? That I was like, <laughs> next person tell me they're not gonna take a vaccine, I'm gonna slap them. Oh, and then they and then they banned me. I'm like, dude, have you seen the thing I say about white people? <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's the one that did it. That the one that like got me report. I'm like, oh, you guys weird yeah i feel like back then if you said anything with controversial. like a, yeah, controversial or like a keyword then like especially twitter twitter is like the one that would uh would ban you for doing like almost anything out of all social platforms that's interesting though so um when you moved to los angeles you said you were 16 or 17 what what caused you um to move to la at that time in your life well at the time, I actually wanted to move to New, uh, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why? Uh, it's just better for fashion, and everyone should make it way farther in fashion. So wait, back time. back back when you were making this move, you already I I like my mind was set on New York. I already been to New York four times. But I only been to LA once. But you already knew that you wanted to go the fashion route at that point yeah. in your life. What made you decide that you wanted to pursue fashion? I. I had no other, because I have a sister, mm -hmm. so there were two sacrifices. And I feel like even if I go toward the engineer route that I want to go toward, my sister would have done better with her nursing route, and we can only pick ones. So I knew I was safe. I always knew I could do whatever I set my mind to. So I, I was like, you go to school, because we only have money for one of us. So mm. I, and I, I need to pick between New York and LA. All the four time I've been to New York, it's almost like hell. Hell? Like, like back and rage, just fighting for it. But as soon as I land in LA, it was, it, it was just feel like home. Okay. Like I came here, the person that brought me here was Dexter Navy. Dexter Navy. Yeah. He's the one who shot LSD for Rocky. Oh, he no was, way. He was Rocky creative director. He was uh, my mentor. Him and this guy named Tony Soprano, the creative director of 424. How'd you get connected with him? Uh, just uh, Dexter was through the uh, Instagram. Okay. He just liked my work. And then for, uh, for Tony, I just, I walked into 424. Uh, trying to see Dexter, but he wasn't there like I was an hour ahead because I was super eager like a kid. Yeah. And then uh, I walk in and Tony, uh, creative director of 424 and Lily May and Bradley, who was all working at the time. Okay. Like they, they were sell rep at the time. This is when like everyone was on the upcoming, like us right now, blowing up. They were like, you that fucking kid. <laughs> And I'm like, huh? Like, yeah. So this yeah. was like 2011, 12, something like that? Or yeah, like? around 2000, uh, no, like 12, 13. 12, 13, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is my first time here. I wasn't living here yet. I'm only here for like two weeks. You were just scoping out the Yeah, city? like here to do a lookbook. Oh. Yeah, with Bradley, with Dexter. Had you, had you already started Luminaires at this time? Yeah, that was the first or second collection. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is when it was a t-shirt hoodie. Okay. Yeah. What What inspired you to start the brand, and what inspired you to name it Luminaires? 
Oh, that's a crazy uh, explanation. Do you know it? I don't. I don't oh, know it. I so, know a little bit of it, but not the full. So the original name is actually uh, Vici. Vici. Yeah. Vinny, What's that? Vinny Vidi Vici. Vinny Vidi Vici. Yeah. I came, I saw I conquer. So Vici is conquer. Okay. That's an uh, interesting pivot to Luminaires. Because uh, Luminaires is enlightenment, right? Or light? Yeah, enlightenment and light. And then... Uh, someone sent me an article that someone started a brand called Vici at the time, which was way bigger. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I changed the name. Like, I, we haven't even dropped anything yet. Oh, that was a, that's a good time or a safe time yeah. to change the so name. So I, I changed it. And at the time, Enora was out. I don't know if anyone listened to even know what Enora is. Uh, and Noro is like leather jogger pants. Kanye was talking about leather skirt, leather bomber jacket. Anor was the brand who started all these leather things. Oh, no way. Uh, his name is uh, Rob something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he was the one who did the leather skirt, leather jogger, and all the leather thing for... Uh, Watch the thorn. Oh, really? Yeah, and everyone wanted to be dark, like Rick Owens, Anor, Norman, Darkness, Black. You know, I mean, all of that. I'm like, you guys fucking emo. Like, <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, I'm gonna name my brand Lights, like the little candle. But at the same time, like, the course of the brand and me is still that edge side of dark. And it's kind of a play on Lucifer is like the bear of lights. Interesting. What do you mean by that? Uh, that's his nickname. Okay. Lucifer is the bear of light. Is He's the first angel. He uh, Lucifer is actually is the sun. Okay. Yeah. If you believe in all of that and you're religious or Catholic, Lucifer is the first angel of uh, that God ever created. Like before God created anything, it was Lucifer. And his nickname is the Morning Star, the Bear of Lights, or, you know, name gone, the Morning Star. So by naming it Lumiere's, it's like the little candle and beauty of the bees light. Oh. But also insinuated, hey, like, we're the first angel, we're the bearer of light, but we also like the craziest devil or demon. That's fire. I yeah. never knew that there was the story yeah. like that behind it. Yeah, head. so like at the same time, we, uh, we would, uh, I keep on saying we, I was japping at people, but I'm still like, study that bitch. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It has a meaning behind it. The, yeah. it's, and it's interesting because like, like you said, like you're, from what I've um, uncovered about your brand is like, is a lot, I mean, mostly think everything's black. And everything's dark yeah. and it has that essence of it, but the name of it is it's light. light. Yeah. yeah. So now you understand why everything else yeah. is dark. And I was always, I was thinking of that before I talked to you. I was just yeah. like, I wonder, yeah, so, there has to be a story behind that. Yeah. So that, that's the thing that I tell everyone before. It's like, it's a morning star, but, and it's like the whole fallen angel thing. Yeah. It's like, I want to be the best, you know, mm -hmm. that's the whole concept of like Luciferian. So that's what Lumiere's come from. It's interesting too because I feel like past stages of your life or past experiences are constantly coming back into fruition with your art or design because, like you said, you grew up 
um, with that fam, the the Catholic Church sponsoring your family, yeah. and I'm sure you learned a lot of. Be even before that, like I was raised Catholic. Oh, in you were Vietnam. in yeah, Vietnam. We okay. go to church like three times a day. Oh wow, three times a day. Yeah. Wow. Like, and then like on Sunday is twice, and me like I'm the type of kid like I would run every time I know my family about to go to church because my grandpa is like one of the pastor in Vietnam. Oh. I would just run to like an internet cafe and play video games the like, whole time, like Counter Strike or GTA the entire time. Oh my god! And get yelled at. <laughs> like I was like that kid. Like literally the opposite of church you went to yeah. do. So that no, but it's interesting because that plays a part in your like thought process, whether it's for the brand or for your designs, and then also I noticed you have like the essence of like bikers and and you incorporate that in your design too right mm -hmm. and you have like a lot of like rugged tough like types of feels in it would you agree yeah. so would 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 you say that that's taken from your upbringing in vietnam as well or uh for the biker aspect of things so basically basically what happened is like in vietnam you have to be rich to actually like own a car oh you did yeah like most people actually like drive scooter to the, uh, throughout their life like you would see photo of like a mom with like three kids on the back oh shit. and one in the front wow like you can literally show a photo of this clip like you can edit it and you can like see it so everybody could afford like a bike or... everyone own a bike okay like even when I leave Vietnam to own a car, you're like a god. It's like, wow, he has a yeah. fucking car. But now the country grew so fast in the past, like 15 years since I left, car become almost of a norm, but it's still upper class. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Before that, it's like you still need like a driver. Oh, you, you can't even drive it yourself? Yeah, because it license test etc yeah. so throughout my life my dad was in a biker gang like oh he was yeah he was in a biker gang in vietnam my mom was kind of part of it but then when my dad passed away a uh, whole another story she wow. she became another one of those motorcycles and her job was to sell things throughout the country like almost like a house to house seller but we don't have cars, so she have to ride motorcycle, like, and it is ingrained in our blood. Like I see. Vietnamese people, motorcycle is ingrained in our blood, because a lot of soldiers would leave their motorcycle or military equipment when they leave after the war. Right. So that like the history of Vietnam with like scooter and motorcycle. Wow. Yeah. So these elements of like biker culture, of Catholicism, of even like elements of like anime, all yeah. of these things, they play a part in your in your brand and in your designs. Do you think about that when you're when you're making uh, when you're creating, or is just 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 something that's part I, of you? I think it's just a part of me. At one point, it's like you forget that you're breathing. Okay. Like, there's a lot of things that you do. I'm sure, like, people like Rick Owens forget that he breathes his aesthetic. Mm. You get what I mean? A lot of people just wake up and forget, like, Steve Jobs wake up and 
wearing the same outfit. So for me to wake up and do certain things, be a fucking idiot, drink in the middle of podcast, <laughs> design certain things, is I think to us it's just like habit make a person. So when you wake up, you work out, do certain thing. That's why I tell people like lifestyle and aesthetic bleed a lot more. A lot of people say this is my aesthetic. I would say that's not your aesthetic. You're mimicking yes. somebody else's aesthetic or lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense because your brand and your designs are so original because you're not trying to be something you're not. You're like leaning into your yeah. experiences and everything that makes you you. And I guess that adds a certain sentimental factor to you and your brand also because you're getting a piece of you yeah. within and your history and your culture within um, all of your pieces, right? Yeah, like sometimes without even realizing what we do, it still make us who we are. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like even the music we listen to, sometimes you, you forget what kind of music you like until somebody asks you. That's a good point. Until you yeah. have to describe it. Yeah. Because it makes you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Like one P. When people will tell you like, hey, like what genre movie you like? So that's like what make people like, it's a core personality thing. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Do you, do you think, what are, or what are some other mediums that you're inspired by? Where do you draw your inspiration from? Whether that's like musically, whether I, that's artistically? Not music ever. Ever? Yeah. Uh, I actually avoid music. Why? Because it's just film. Uh, film inspired me a lot. But there's something about music that to push me away mm. is because the people who make the music, it's like there's a saying that like you should never meet your idol. And I experienced it way too well living in LA and New York and yeah. like travel the whole planet and meeting people after people like your idols yeah like people that you look up to gee what 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 about that made you they're just not who they are you're not who they're not who you thought they were yeah so mm. yeah you, you you like die on a hill that they died authentic like authentic and then when you meet them you're like dude you're just like a product of the people around you uh, or are you just a puppet at the same time? Or you don't even believe what even you're saying? It's like a false priest or pastor. Wow. It's like a Hillsong priest. It's <laughs> I've heard about the Hillsong yeah. priest thing. Yeah. It's basically a facade. And I've, yeah. I mean, I've experienced some of that myself too. But you have to go through it or you have to meet those people in to, order to, to find that out yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, because so often we put our idols or these celebrities whether on a pedestal, pedestal, a standard. And I I came into moments where I'm like meeting them, and I got so mad at myself that I'm like, dude, you just fucking suck. Why do I even like you? You got mad at yourself? Yeah, for even liking the music or believing the lyrics or do certain thing. Ah, uh, and that happens more often with music than anything else. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because music, you have to play a facade of all things. And I don't think musicians can even control themselves. Like, they're usually owned by people. 
That's true. And that's a good segment into like fashion becoming that way too, because a lot of brand or designers sign a 360 deal with a lot of agency. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, well, now brand owned by a single entity, like V Loan, Seven Heaven, and all these people owned by Edison Chan. Yeah. Etc. You know. Mm-hmm. And then they can make what they want, or like, because they have to. They they have to go with the number. Everything becomes like business. Yeah. And corporate. Yeah. Everything becomes just like, everything become like, a off-brand Shark Tank. <laughs> That's and a like, good point. Do you yeah. have you ever been approached by people trying to? A lot do that of time. Brand? like a lot like even today but in a sense it's it's kind of scary to have investor and someone overlook your shoulder constantly or you have to impress someone or someone basically own yourself and that's why i feel like music scare me because fashion slowly becoming like oh fashion yeah. Could their agency popping up like Warner, uh, Warner Bros. own a certain artist. Now there's agency in fashion popping up that own all these brands. Wow, I didn't that know that. That most people that, yeah, most people don't even know. Like, if you name six your favorite brand, it's possibly owned by the same company. Wow. And it, it's a good example. It's like LVMH. They own Louis Vuitton, Gucci. That's true. Et cetera, et cetera. So now they're small scale version. Just, that's true. Yeah. Like the the way their business is run is the yeah. same. It's just marketed differently. Yeah, it's just marketing different. It's hidden better. What's crazy is like people don't know that, right? Yeah, like, a, a, a lot of kids don't know it. Like a lot of people that listen to your podcast don't even know that like, dude, you get mad at one brand. It's the same owner as six brand you like. You, you get what I mean? It's, yeah. So it's like, the takeaway is like, nothing seem as is. Yeah. You get jaded by it too, yeah. right? Because it, it, it seems like, like it jaded you a little bit. It, it's so political that like, it come down to me just getting so tired of fashion sometimes. Because mm, the politics? Yeah. The gatekeeper, it just sucks. Oh, yeah. I could so. imagine that. And you've been out here for, you said like 11 years now. So you've... You've seen and been through the run of of everything, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I I seen I seen it all almost. Damn. Yeah, like people like me, for example, like I had no idea that the fashion industry was like as a synonymous like that yeah. with the music industry too. Yeah, it's like, and then that brand or that agency might owned by Rock Nation, and. Rock Nation be like, this artist wear this. You can only wear these certain brand. Promote this certain brand. That's because they got, like, yeah. partnerships with... Yeah. They're controlling your life. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like <sighs> Nesto on Coca-Cola, on blah, blah, blah. You, you know what I mean? Like, competing. They're both separate company, but you know what I mean? Like, So you knowing this in your head, does it make it really important for you to be independent more yeah, than ever? it does. But it gets so tiring. Like the whole concept, all my design is like long wolf this, long wolf that. 
but at the same time, you know, there's literally a saying that say, the lone wolf die and the pack survive. Um, and I believe that. Like you feel like you can't, you almost can't attain a certain amount of success without, without selling your soul to. No, w- without good people around you. Okay. Not selling your soul, just have a good team. To have a good head on your shoulder and people that you believe in. Have you found that good team yet? No. It's hard. It's hard. I don't think anyone have. Like, if we sit here and think about it, I don't think anyone have a sustainable team in fashion. Why do you think that is? Money. Money? Like, I don't know. You no, know, he wouldn't be mad. Like, look at Amiri. Like, they have a... Michael Abbott will listen to this. They have an amazing team, but they still have to split either way. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's always come down to greed. So that's what I'm afraid of. And we're young. So for us to study the older guys and see what mistake they make and how we can improve, sometimes it's kind of tiring because you're like, damn, they can improve. So how can I? Yeah, and if they if if they're as successful as they are, and they can still improve, like improve, like what a what can you do, and how can you apply that to yeah. your own life, yeah, and your own brand? That's definitely how it is. Mm-hmm. Do you with your brand specifically? I think there's some obvious traits that I can take from it, right? Like really high quality. There's a strong message behind it. Mm-hmm. Dope designs. What's most important for you as a designer when it comes to your brand out of those three? I think authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, but it could be a double-edged play because there's also, there's a lot of saying. This is my third time saying this. There's a <laughs> saying, cool guy don't get paid. Cool guy don't get paid? Yeah. Mm. And like... Good segue, good segue, actually, for me. <laughs> like, I uh, had a meeting with uh, Shay from Revised Denim okay. today. Fire. And uh, it's just about certain thing, But he did say certain stuff like that. He's like, dude, like, you can either stand out or you can make money. Like, oh. and look at Fashion Nova. They just follow every trend. Yeah. And uh, he, he gave me advice, it's like, dude, like, instead of get tunnel vision on on what you, like, want to make, why don't you ask for the store that carry your brand, like Maxfield, Jonathan Pack from Pigeon of the New, et cetera, would sell the best. Mm. And, like, maybe you need to be that way, a balance of successful and being a good designer and that what i was going to say is like there used to be a saying that ralph simmons say that i really hate but i fully understand it now What's a couple of years ago he said it's easy to design what you want but it's harder to design what the people want and at at the time i'm like dude you're just getting old you have kids now <laughs> Like, your brand in the 90s was so amazing, and now you become a dad. And now I'm like, yeah. Now you get it. I'm like, yeah. 
it's a good compromise of how good you are as a designer. You can think out the box that you can use your own aesthetic and still make bread. So that's the challenge is finding the balance yeah. between the two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because if you lean too far into either of those, whether it's like I'm only making what I what I like and what I know because like I am here because I made what I like and love versus like selling yourself just to make whatever it is that somebody else is. Yeah. Whatever the, the like audience or whoever you're selling to likes, like meeting in the middle is what you're starting to learn, right? Yeah, and, and it's like a lot of mistake we we make are like kids like us it's like thinking we're too cool to do certain thing you get what i mean yeah it's like you you're not that cool like and we're not that great somebody already done what we're trying to do every like cargo pants design i made it's inspired by somebody else that's true everybody's I, inspired by somebody else yeah i just happened to better it does also go back to like it doesn't matter who did it first who did it better but it's still like you have to find that happy medium of like dude like don't be that cool guy yeah because you would lose out on opportunity and then you come off of, as arrogant so kind of not letting your ego get in the way yeah and my ego when i was younger my that sounds crazy it sounds like i'm getting old but <laughs> we're still young bro yeah like but it's like when I was like 15, 16, I'm like, yeah, I'm the coolest kid, like, in the club, basically, get off my table, that's my table, but I'm like, it's, it's not, it's somebody else's club, Yeah, you're on the table. That's true, it's somebody that, else's. Yeah, that's, that's the, how you call it, that analogy is like, you're not that cool, it's somebody else's club, you're just on the table. Are you, st are you starting to realize that this now, like, yeah, after experiences? Like, while COVID happens, I think a lot of cool kids start getting that through their head. Where, like, oh, I want just sitting at home and thinking about, like, oh, you're not that cool. Or when, I think when I start traveling more, that when it hit me. When I go to, like, Australia, Japan, blah, 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 and, like, you have to wait outside, meet people, like, hey, it humbles you a little bit? It, yeah, it actually excites me more than humble me. Okay. It's still humbling, but it's like, hey, like, sick. There's still more in life. I just unlock a bunch of new map in a video game. Yeah, exactly. New, yeah. Cha new, uh, yeah, new, new chapter. New chapter like, unlocked. New DLC. Like, dude, yeah. dude, life more exciting. Like, life is bigger than who you are. Yeah, it puts it into perspective because whatever you're thinking in your head, whether it's you thinking you're too cool for something, it's like nobody cares. Yeah, like, dude, yeah. like, who cares? You quit one city or one club. Like, there's so much more in life. And mm. don't let your ego box you in into that, like, an echo chamber. Like, you're cool. Yeah, because when you once you attain a certain status in your community or industry, like you, it's hard to not let it get to your head sometimes, right? And then, and people get content or comfortable. Like I'm cool here. Mm -hmm. I be this person. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I be the cool guy in this a hundred mile radius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of like the whole planet, like don't you want to go to fucking 
Croatia and people are like, hey, what's up? That's the real like blessing or the real acknowledgement when you go foreign when, places and they know who you are, they when recognize you. Cross you. a country and you're like, shit, someone saw it, like, see. But that not, I don't think fame should be the drive even. Mm-hmm. But it, it is for most of us. Yeah. Because a lot of us want recognition, or else we wouldn't do what we do. We want to be known as the best at something, right? And it's fun. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even play video games unless they have, like, an online mall. Or, like, a hundred charge. That's a good point because you're not getting... If you, yeah. who, who wants to play if you're not yeah. getting to... Like, I, I literally would not play video game unless it don't have, like, the ranking 1 to 100. Is it, like, a competitive thing for you? Yeah. Or, okay. It, it's, like, competitive things for sure. But yeah. it's healthy, though. It's, like sport were you a sporty person yeah i'm I, like i used to play sports back in the day and i feel like that has stuck with me also like wanting to be the best or wanting to be better i don't know it, it kind of changes sometimes uh, like in la in general it's so competitive here right like whatever creative industry that you're in like the best of the best are here everything is a sport mm-hmm. like fucking dating is a sport yeah it is it's a competitive <laughs> sport out yeah, here yeah dating Fuck. is a sport so again <laughs> but but i realized like i was competitive because of track oh okay like when you go there and there's like a thousand people from 10 different schools at the meets yeah yeah and you're like oh shit fuck the one-on-one team that what i love about fashion it's like dude just bring it on Fuck yeah. yeah. And that's a good attitude to have out here because everything's so saturated, yeah. especially with, with fashion, right? Like everybody has a brand now and everybody's uh, trying to do whatever it is that you're in. There's like, like we were talking about the best of the best do it here. I couldn't imagine like if you stayed in Minnesota trying to do what you do, right? Yeah. I was so sad. Like, dude, like when I was like, when I got back and I was like 14, 15, the year before I moved, seeing Luca, everybody blowing up when I'm still in high school, like just got that high of being in New York and LA and see Coming all back. the homie blowing up and I'm just sitting in art class like, fuck. Oh my gosh. That, that drive us more. Yeah, because you're getting a taste of what it's like out there. Yeah. While and then you just move back into the Midwest and the snow. And you're like, I don't care about sport. I, I, I think I literally just give up on all this sport. Really? Like, I got back. I'm like, quit every varsity sport. Didn't even hang out with anyone. I'm like, dude, like, what's the point? Like, so, to, there's so much out there. Yeah. And you to focus on... Was it to focus on yeah, your yeah, interest? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like I was so determined that like how I came out here, you didn't ask, but I know you're gonna ask, but it was crazy because I was partying with a bunch of like junior and senior at MSU in Minnesota. Okay. And then I was looking at them and I've been partying with them since I'm like sophomore in high school and they were doing the same thing. And in my head, I'm like, first of all, an Asian kid, no way I could progress in the, the society of college, sport, all these things. And I know what I'm good at. And I know, like, 
where I would stand out in. So the same night, we saw Wolf of Wall Street and uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Okay. And I was like, fuck, like one about money and one about just let's go exploring life. And then I went to party with a bunch of fucking senior at MSU in Mankato, Minnesota, and I'm like... And you were in high school at the time, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna become... This isn't, this yeah, isn't it for I'm me. I'm not gonna sleep in a dorm, partying like this every night, getting a fucking degree in what? I'm like, I'm done. I walk to the library, tweet, I'm ordering a one-way ticket to LA. <laughs> Who got me? And then ordering it, and the tweets, it blew up, and that's how... No and way. Yeah. Wow. It's like an epiphany. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, I can't. Like, I, I, at the same night, too, it's funny because, like, uh, sound really dumb, but, like, some senior girl in college, like, rejected me when I was, like, sophomore in high school. <laughs> you went and, for a senior in college? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you're brave. Like, I'm like, dude, she would have accepted me if I'm in LA. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, fine, I would go to LA. Watch me. Yeah. And then. Really? Yeah. Wow. They, they all get married now and have <laughs> kids. Yeah. And I bet you kind of look back probably at like that Minnesota like life because it could easily be you, you know, if you don't yeah. take the risks that you took in your life. And that's like something I want to also hear from you on is like the importance of taking risks and how it's played off for you because it sounds to me like you've taken you've taken quite a a good amount of risks in your life that's gotten you to where you are right now yeah like i i want everyone to take risks like dude at least half and like far net but still take that risk like everyone needs to take that risk in life like at least make that leap of faith once in your life. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that, I think the regret will be way worse than, the what if is way worse than the I fail. Yes. And I've done that so many times in life because of either fall masculinity, ego, just shy, etc. Just take the risk as long as it doesn't harm nobody and you know what I mean and you have a good heart for it take the risk and just don't use people as stepping stone mm. but take that risk what, what, what do you mean about not using people as stepping stones because a lot of people take risk and it risk requires sacrifice when you take that risk don't sacrifice anyone but yourself uh, so you don't take a risk and it, have it put somebody else in jeopardy yeah. okay put, yeah always remember that like when when you take that risk uh, always just sacrifice that's yourself. a good point because some people are in positions to take bigger risks than other people yeah. and if you're listening to this right now and you're single or not single you're young what like in your 20s or even 30s whatever it is yeah. if you don't have kids if you don't have some type of like obligation to uh, take care of family, if you don't have some type of responsibility to 
um, take care of somebody else, you almost have no excuse to go after what you want to do. Yeah. Like it's the people that have kids, the people that have to like they're put in a situation that have someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Those those are the people that have the excuse to like not really go after the things because they need that stability. I have a really good code. You have a really good what? Uh, uh, a code. I have okay, a bunch yeah. of really random codes because I read too much. I love that. Um, it's like my favorite saying of all time is like, if the pain of change is lesser than the pain of staying the same, it's time to change. Ooh. I like so, that. I've never heard that. Yeah, so take that risk. Mm. You know what I mean? If you just sit around and it hurt you more than just take that risk. So, dude, what do you get to lose? Yeah, and you get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And that's how, you, that's how you grow. And it's interesting for you because you said at the beginning of this podcast that you're somebody who sometimes tends to overanalyze things. But from what it sounds like to me, the risks that you've taken – You've kind of like just been like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do it. it and it, you haven't overthought it, which is important, I feel like. Yeah, it's, it's, to simplify, it's like, why not? But to go deep into it, I uh, forget what his name is, but it's called naive optimism. Naive optimism. Yeah. Okay. So when you start something else, you don't know what it is. And just go into it not knowing it's better. So when you overcalculate, you would take a step back. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really move off of yeah. like that. So it, yeah. So just go in it. It's exciting, right? First time we move out here, that's naive. Ultimate. Yeah. We don't know how how hard it is for us to get here, for you to get here and get the studio and live here. Yeah. And you don't. It's good. It's important to have that naive, yeah. naive optimism. To, yeah. So that's the part of it. And you got to, yeah. yeah, that's, and you got to move. Like once you make that, take that risk, like it's important yeah. to just not think about like, like, oh, even if it doesn't go yeah. the right way, like it's yeah. okay. You, it's learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're young enough. Don't let that self suicidal, like aging thing, think you're too old to do something. It's not. Dude, like, look at fucking future and two chains. <laughs> yeah. They didn't blow up until they were like in their late for like thirty. They did it. No. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, like, two chain didn't blow up until it was like thirty something. That's a good point. Same with like Fetty Wap, like thirty five. A lot of people will be doing what they do for five or ten years before yeah. they start to make any money. Like off the, of a it. good thing is like anti-social social club. Yeah. Uh, when I first moved to LA, I was like 16. I remember Neeks. I was lucky enough to know Neeks. Like, I met him through 424. I remember none of us had money to even eat, like, alone. So we would cook. We would have something called Anti-Social Social Club. And huh. it was in K-Town. Whoa. And it's in an apartment that literally this size. In a guy named Tony House, and we we'll cook and we we'll play Tekken. Oh, Tekken? Yeah, it, uh, and he have a brand called I, I Look Nick or something like that. And then just one hat made a whole brand blew up. You know what I mean? So, like, keep at it because Nick been around forever. Yeah. And look at where Anti Social Club go. Wow. So, what you see is not overnight. 
Mm-hmm. And you still, you, if you just stay consistent at doing what you do, yeah. like you never know what that one thing can be that it, sets you over the it's edge. It's really crazy. It's like that one meme when the guy mining gold. Yeah. Like I, I hate that meme so much, but it's so true. Like, <laughs> bro, you never know. You could be this close to yeah. your fucking yeah, thing that changes your life. It changes your life. If you give up the night before, you like don't know about it. Yeah. And it works like that for any medium like i know for you we're talking about fashion but whether you're in music whether you're in fashion whether you're an editor whatever the case yeah. is you're one song away acting. you're one video acting like look at adam driver mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it like on the street for levi and he blew up and he's 40 something a marine just walking on the street insane yeah. so so I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think about this then when do you think it's uh, what do you think the difference is between knowing that you gave it your all and like reality is just gonna sink in to where it's just like you know what like this is like you're just being realistic like maybe this is just not a good idea versus you being like relentless and persistent in your goal if that makes sense like because some people will commit to something that's just not working um instead of pivoting to a new idea like virgil abloh like you know he had yeah, different he didn't brands blow up until he's like late 40. yeah he had he went through multiple brands before he got to off-white right mm-hmm. like pyrex and yeah what else not so some people like i feel like it's important for some people yeah. to understand that like you know just because something's not working like doesn't mean you need to like devote your entire life to doing it like maybe sometimes you need to pivot but i don't quite understand like how you know that you know what i mean like it's very tricky to to know that for for yourself i don't think you do in a way like there, there's so many answer there's like the dream answer keep going there's there's optimist answer is like hey like keep up with what you love and it will get there Fuck, it, that's a hard question. Yeah. That, I think that's, it, it's not based person to person in a way. Uh, my answer will always like do what you love, but have a safety net. When you pass 30, you should have a safety <laughs> net. But like, fuck, that, that's a hard question that I still trying to figure out myself. So I don't think I could answer that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like we athlete. Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete, I would be like, just give up after 25. Yeah, and it's very black or white. Either yeah. you make it to the NBA like, or you don't. Like, like your body is like, it, when it comes to physical, it's very black and white. But creativity, you never know. Yeah. Like, I, Alan Poe didn't blow up until he died. Fucking, there's a lot of others don't blow up until they're in the late 50. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. And there, there's so many, sorry to cut you off, but there's so many variables too. Like it could be that you have a fire product, but maybe just your marketing isn't right. Yeah. Or like maybe you have fire marketing, but maybe you're like, there can be so many reasons why it's not yeah. happening for you. The only thing I would say is like, trust your gut. Like I, I would say is my cynicism. It's like, don't, not that don't trust anybody, it just you have to only believe in yourself and see it. You get what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's like the best. I don't know. Like, 
it is weird for me to talk about creativity because in my head, I don't think I'm good enough to give people advice. Like even on the show, when people ask me to do certain things, I'm like, I'm not gonna criticize anyone. Because who am I to? Yeah, like everyone better than me at something. Yeah. So why would I like criticize them at it? Interesting. But yeah. I feel like in- I can I can cuss people out, but uh, <laughs> like, but I wouldn't criticize people. Yeah, it's very it's subjective, right? Like everyone says, art is subjective mm-hmm. to a certain point, and like it's relative to what you like. Nobody knows your situation better than yourself. So yeah. that gut feeling is where that comes into play. Yeah, like, no, no one knows your real story. Yeah. So, like, there's no point of... Yeah. That's it. Like, we don't... Like, maybe it's me, but I don't think... For me, it's like, we don't need to dwell into the situation of thing. It's just like... Dude, like, if you can't come up with a solution, then don't talk about it until... Mm. Th- that go back to how I work. And now we're going to like <laughs> how I run a certain thing. Yeah. Because if you're not uh, like, I don't know, knowledgeable, knowledgeable about a certain person's situation, then like it's hard for you to give advice on what they should do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause Unless it's open to you fully. Yeah. And I'm scared when people open up to me fully. Why? Like, then you're taking in somebody's soul and like full understanding. Oh. Yeah, and then now you have that burden. I would love to take that burden on with my friend, and that's what I do with my team. I'm like, I would sit them down, and I would be like, yeah, I will listen to your shit, but I'm not gonna give you an answer until I have a solution. Mm. Cause then you're doing them, them a disservice yeah. or a disjustice. With that said, are you like cautious of who you take advice from, if that makes sense? Like, or who you take criticism from? Because I'm sure that there's people that might tell you something where you don't really care what they say, but there's certain other people that you respect a little bit more and you take into consideration what they're saying more than, you know, other people. No, I, I, I think criticism from everybody like i took criticism from everybody today oh for, investors. Like, for investor and i would still listen to them it, even though it's horseshit most of the time but there are always some truth into it there are always there's always some right note mm-hmm. like no nobody pull their heart out and give you the time to speak up would say something lies even though they do there's you can hint it because we're not dumb yeah yeah so like i think we should listen to everyone and take it to consideration no matter who they are you can always learn from some people you should listen to everyone you don't need to believe in them okay yeah so like it's i heard a bunch of advice today that i'm like yeah sure I, i got you like it make it make no sense, but I can like use that part to do something else. Uh, you look like picking and choosing yeah. what applies to you. Yeah. Okay. Because that how life should be. Mm-hmm. You you can't just like cut everyone off. You get what I mean? Yeah. Because then you're that. That's when the ego comes into play. Because you're yeah. like, oh, I I know better than you. Yeah. Then who are you to tell me this and that? And then you don't grow like that. Yeah. You you would never grow like that. It, 
you should listen to if your CEO or boss, you should still listen to your workers. Yeah. Because they might have great ideas that you never heard before that would like probably save your business. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because they might be tapping into something that you're not even tapped yeah. into. Like it, the whole different generation of things. Like we have ideas that older people would never know. That's true. Like uh, I had a thought today. It's like, is the owner of LVMH really doing everything? Oh, he just no. Yeah, <laughs> not at and all. He's the richest man alive. That's true. He is. <laughs> Bro, like that's crazy. <laughs> it's not even Jeff Bezos or Elon. It's some dude that owned Louis Vuitton. And what else do they own? Don't they own Gucci and or they own like? Damn, I wish almost we have our own Jamie on my internet here. <laughs> you can search like, it up for us. Yeah, just search it up. But it's like they own a lot of the high-end fashion yeah. brands. They own all the way to. Mad happy. Oh, damn. And I'm sure they're constantly looking to acquire the next big... They constantly acquire Remoa, this, their probably biggest one. Wow. They have yeah. a Remoa? Yeah. Oh, it, it, I think Remoa is... I will be my own assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it in the comments if, yeah, you, like, uh, if you know more, yeah, more like, brands that's, that are owned by LVMH. No, like it, it's the same thing with Edison Chan, who own like V-Long, like Seven Heaven, Revenge... It's all these type of conglomerate. It's crazy. And it's like that for everything. Like, it, we, it, even with, like, uh, the beauty industry, it's like Condé Nast that owns, like, Allure and fucking... Bro, look at Nest, though. They own water. Uh, yeah, you don't realize... Bro, like... <laughs> they own everything. How do you own water? <laughs> like, uh, talk about creativity. Like, somebody own water. And then drop a commercial with Kendall Jenner passing a Pepsi. <laughs> we can all be together like, <laughs> dude it's like, crazy it's yeah. really like five mega brands controlling the, the entire planet. world like cyberpunk 2077 is real like like it look career when we talk about fashion career on that many brand and there's five family that own the entire country i might be wrong watch they're gonna kill the podcast <laughs> shit but yeah with that, with with that said, switching gears here a little bit, where do you draw your inspiration from? Is there like a certain mode that you put yourself in, um, that you work that maybe you operate in best to get inspiration? Or are you just kind of living life and drawing inspiration from your experiences? I think right now living life is best. Okay. It's just because I just turned twenty seven. Not just then, damn, I'm almost 28, Jesus. Oh, damn. November. But uh, it's just living life, eating the food, watching movies or film. It's just anything around you, draw inspiration from it. It's like going with the flow It's the best thing that i found. But my main core always go back to like motorcycle, military, and just like outdoor. Those are the pillars. Those are the things that I love the most. Yeah. But film and anime also have a strong core. Yeah. But those are in my blood, so I barely think about it. It's just always going to be yeah. a part of your brand. Yeah, I always going to wake up and, like, every time I eat, just put on anime. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's your process like when you get an idea? Like, let's say you leave this studio and you're on your way home and an idea pops into your head. Like, what do you do? Do you uh, put a note on my phone? get home, go on my notebook, draw it down, 
and then let's see how from there on out it's just putting in effort and that's where a lot of people get lost because they like not putting in that effort after they got the idea uh a lot of people just have a uh, not epiphany like euphoria on coming up with something cool but they don't execute it Be so it's important to act fast on that yeah. idea while it's fresh in your yeah. head okay like just get on it do it that's what my advice for people because as creative we get sick of idea you know what I mean? yeah because like, they're constantly coming yeah how do you with that said i'm sure you have a lot of ideas in your notes like i'm sure your notes pad is filled with like a million dollar ideas and shit so what what is the deciding factor for you to action on one like which ones don't make it and like what which ones are the ones that like actually make it to the forefront of you actioning on it i think it's an easy answer because i try everything Oh, you do? Yeah. We, we try to, I try to execute everything and see what makes sense, uh, what costs more. And right now, it's like, because I'm starting out still, whatever costs more so we can do the snowball effect. Mm. Because I'm not going to execute an idea unless I can do it to the fullest. And that's the double-edged play of being a perfectionist. Like, not doing something unless you can do it to the fullest okay and sometimes it could turn into procrastination because like oh i i can't do that you don't have the this, bandwidth right now to yeah do like that. i no, i can't do this this way so i'm gonna save it that's an excuse ah yeah so that's like one of the bad thing that people i would tell people just uh i forgot who, another one <laughs> i forgot who said but work with the min oh steve lacy steve yeah steve lacy he said uh his idea is uh minimum maximum because he made most of his song on his phone oh I'm, I, he's a yeah. yeah he made a lot of his songs yeah, yeah that's so true. it's I called minimum maximum so instead of like i need all of this to execute my idea just work with what you got yes and don't make excuse that's he so did a whole ted talk for it oh he did yeah i gotta so check like, it out yeah everyone get it. like oh and before that and i'm still that way i'm like but some idea you respect it so much for the authenticity you have to wait till you can execute it well but certain idea you're like hey like let's do it yeah, that's very important. I think that's a gem. Because like, so like this at minimum maximum is just us too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally in the camera and some lights. Yeah. And no, that's super fucking important because I think so many people, like whether you're starting something or haven't started it yet, maybe you're planning it, like so many people think that you need like all of this equipment. Yeah, high end equipment. You need to have like a whole plan like laid out for yourself. You need to have a team or something like that. Like, you just need to start, yeah. right? You don't like, need to... Just jump into it. Like, don't wait. Just jump into it because the best way to learn is hands-on. Yes. So it sounds like you take that and apply it with your ideas then, right? Yeah, like, like everything I do. If I can't do it, I would just be there in my studio and learn to do it myself. Okay. And whether from anything, from clothes, building, computer, anything, cooking. Start with cooking. Go on YouTube, look at a recipe. That's a good like habit. Like cook for yourself. 
then from there on else you make a habit of learning how to do things yourself mm. you get what i mean yeah build a lego <laughs> anything that has a process to yeah it. like go That's to ikea but like just learn how to do things yourself and yeah. I think that's important now for for everybody that has a brand or a company because like you you've you're obviously in the process of putting together a team but you've had to learn how to do everything yourself so you're more well-rounded and you understand how everything's works so now I'm sure when you bring people onto your team you can you can teach them train them yeah. because you've done it yourself yeah you know how you want want it done and it's like people respect you more it's like what I saying? Uh, fuck another one. Ma- uh, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Ooh. Yeah, that's one of those things. I believe that more than other things. Just become like a Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. It's better to know a lot more things and then learn from there on. Yeah. Yeah. Then to then just like just sit back and just watch all other people do things and be like. I'm too scared to do it. Everyone is an amateur of something. Yeah. From the start. So I tell everyone to start, bro. Like, we all bad at one or two things. We all have our weaknesses. Yeah. Like, our we, no, we all bad at at least one thing or like multiple things in life before we actually like get started on it. Yeah. And hopefully you look back in fi- five years, like I do this, like, I look back to like three years ago when I was doing this and been like, I was like, damn, I fucking sucked. Or like, I wasn't like, I compared to like what I am now, I'd like look back and I'm just like, damn, like I'm so much farther ahead. Or I look back at the former version of myself and I'm just like, damn, like, like I was ass back then. Now I'm like better. I hope that in three more years or four more years, I look back at me now and just be like, damn, you sucked back then. (laughs) Did you believe in fake it till you make it? Mm, I don't know because... I hear a lot of people say that that is the key to their success. Um, for myself personally, I don't think, uh, I think to a certain extent, I believe that because I think you have to have belief and confidence in yourself, but I don't know if that translates into like, be something that you're not. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about you? I, I do. Like, you do, okay. Really much, but it's, you, you're right. It's how you apply to it. It's like, you know how it's telling you, like, young bully, shy in, like, middle school and high school in America? For me to, like, let's say, when I got into, like, soccer, like varsity soccer, get a full hog, so we start oh, walking did. with, like, my chest up and start acting mm-hmm. like the cool kid. And slowly, that translates over. Yeah. But, but you're right. It doesn't... It can, it's also a double-edged play. It, it could go different way. Yeah, because it, it, it's like, are you trying to be something that you're, that not, you're not? Or are you trying to be better than yourself? So that's the crazy part. That, that's like, that's above all pay grade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we didn't go to school for that. <laughs> we didn't. We know it works, but but it's in no, it's a very, very good point. It's yeah. important to act to in, apply a certain thing that we learn and how we learn it and what's work. Yeah, and there's there's that saying that goes too like work for the position that you want, not for the position that you have. Yeah. So if you want to be like 
whatever it is that you want to be like you have to already be that yeah. in order to become it you can't like be below that yeah. and expect to be that yeah like it's crazy because when on my way here i had a talk with my friend and we were talking about like finding team member and like investor and i told a lot of our team members so even my intern michael and them i'm like bro like i have no problem with you saying you own lumiere's oh wow because then you take ownership that's a good point you know what i mean like yeah. i have no problem with people that work with me or with the team say yo that's my brand because i'd be happy like oh it is like it's yours so now you take ownership for what you do and you want them to take ownership yeah. for it so it's also your brand it's not also mine like so that's also a certain thing that I want to spread, like certain message that I don't think a lot of people want to spread. Because everyone nowadays, everyone just trying to be that alpha. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, and, and you're, the people that are quote unquote under you or like that are working for you, I'm sure they appreciate that because they feel like they want to work harder because they're invested in it as like an because owner. Because it's also them. You know what I mean? Is They also own a part of it. Mm -hmm. It's also under their names. They are associated with it, so you should take pride in owning it. That's a very good point. Yeah. Where, do you, where do you see the future for, for Luminaires? Uh, I don't want it to be become just fashion. My, I talked to Fuji from Fragment and I wanted to become like a house, like an agency. Oh, creative agency? Yeah. I wow. want us to create things. We, I, I don't want us to just to make clothes. That's boring. That's what we've been doing a lot more food thing, like knives, that. rings, like bike, certain shit. Wow. Yeah. So like, there's more than creative than just t-shirt. Mm -hmm. You want to branch out into other things. And is that because you, you realized what you're capable of? Or you have you always had this vision for yourself to do this? or Yeah, like I would have a bigger vision than just clothes. Mm. Like from how to just everything. Just as a team, I think it's, that's the more important part. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just creating yeah. a family, just a big team where we can like do more than just like do creative things, like more involved in the community. Because I'm trying to push for us to do like charity, et cetera. Okay, dope. Yeah, stuff like that. Gotcha. So like I don't want to be hold back. Like uh, just creative. We want to help other kids to inspire, not not even could inspire such an easy like cop out. <laughs> you think like, so? I want to like give people a platform, not just say hey like inspire you. You want to make an impact yeah, on other uh, people. Not impact. It's still kind of weak in my mind. It's okay. like I need to make like a change. Make a change in yeah. other people's lives. Yeah, okay. like change people's lives and be able to like support everyone mm. like in our like sphere in your community yeah that's a big goal to have and i think you know a lot of people say your true legacy is the 
change or impact that you make on other people's lives like that's the real yeah like legacy that you live leave on people because if you you can create like a dope collection and release it you know and i'm sure there's people that get inspired by like your your brand or the messages that are within it but at a certain extent like how much of that how much is that changing that person right like from what you're telling me like these are things that are going to actually like change lives and like make an impact on people that'll that'll leave your legacy because you're leaving like some type of imprint on that person rather than just like releasing uh yeah. clothing right it's because inspiring to me is like prayer prayer <laughs> yeah like i'll leave you this prayer like and not really do that much to it yeah so that's fine. What, what do you think is the biggest compliment that you can get because for me the biggest compliment for me like with this podcast and with my platform is when i get messages or i talk to people that i meet and they tell me that they listen to this episode or they you know took something that they heard or learned from one of the one of the guests or podcasts and they applied it and like now they're a director and now they're doing this and this and this and like I'm not taking any ownership for that, but like the fact that I was able to play a role as a catalyst in that is what means the most to me. Cause I get messages, you know, from people or I get people telling me that like, I was inspired by this episode, right? Or like I got motivated because of this. And like, I love that. But because of what you're saying now, like the people that actually like took action and like made something out of it is what is the biggest payoff for me. So I say all that to say for you, what is the biggest like, reward that you get in life right now i know what i hate you know what you hate yeah it's the same thing that people always do where have i seen you from oh that's the one you hate the most yeah like dude you know (laughs) like it's not even that like crazy Mm -hmm. you leave me the fuck alone (laughs) yeah like you know, do you, I mean? do you like, think it's disrespectful? It's not disrespectful. It's just tiring. It's like me being in like Vietnam, and they ask, like, "Oh, you Vietnamese? Like, really? Like, I was born and raised here, dumb fuck." Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the same thing. Before, I was like, "Yeah, like, thank you, appreciate it, I love you, like." Thanks for some more. But then it become more condescending. Oh. So so realizing it's just like how the bullying thing is like, where do I see you from? What's your name? Like blah, I think blah. they call them microaggressions. Like, like they're passive. Yeah. Like pa- I hate passive aggressiveness. Yeah, that's what it is, I, right? It, it, I, I hate passive aggression a lot and fashion do that a lot because of po- politics. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you walk into Dover Street, not too mean. Anything is like you gonna buy anything today? Uh, sort of thing. They get pressured to. Yeah, like uh, who are you? Like I've seen you before. Like I, I always say like, I, like all, all Asian people look the same. You just mistake me. 
You just miss me. <laughs> you know, I literally say, hey, I think you're wrong. All Asian people look the same. That's what you'll say? Yeah. <laughs> and they just, like, feel really bad. Uh, <laughs> and I just turn away. It's like, what do you expect me to say, though? Like, you know, when you like, say that you, to you. Like, to tell me who I am. Oh, like, let like, me pitch myself to you. Yeah, like, like, let me impress you. That's what it basically Like, I'm like, dude, no, that's like, I am already hate that. So why am I need to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. What is so what is on the opposite end of that spectrum? On the, on the opposite, I think I love it when people tell me what they don't like about me. What they don't like about yeah. you. The criticism, uh, not to be Kendall Roy, like he loved criticism until he actually faced criticism that when he realized he don't like critical criticism. It took him yeah realizing that yeah he didn't but like it yeah for me i love it because i'm like hey i can improve myself mm-hmm. i can choose not to yeah but i love to hear why you don't like me <laughs> and you have the bars to actually very i feel like very few people actually do that right yeah, have i the think balls like to do four that. people and you respect it yeah, I love it. And they, three of them are my friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> were they your friends before they told you that? No, or were no. they Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's how they started off. Yeah, like, like, I remember one of the girls was like, yo, dick. And like, I was like, huh? She's like, yo, fucking dick. I'm like, okay, why? Like, I asked for blah, 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 and you said, fuck up, bitch. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Makes sense. It was like, you know, but I I like, con, uh, con, I don't like confrontation, but I like it when people didn't mean well and they want you to improve yourself. I don't want people to be like, oh, like, fuck you, I hate you, and be like, why? And they don't tell you. I see. Yeah, that's dumb. That that mean they don't mean well. People mean well, tell you why, so you can improve yourself. Uh, so you can, like, it's basically the intentions of why they're yeah. saying it to you is what matters to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, that with your friend, too. Mm. So I started noticing it, where, like, when people, like, I'm mad at you, like, tell me why. Like, are we dating in high school? Like, just tell me why. Like. Yeah. It, when they tell you why you can improve yourself, that means they still want to be in your life. That's a good point. Yeah. And they want you to be better. Yeah. And you like, okay, that makes sense then. Like, you you can respect the fact that yeah. they want you to be better. And, and, I, and that's why I love confrontation when people come with a mean, not with emotion. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, because a lot of people can take that the wrong way. Yeah. If they come into it with the wrong mindset, you that know? That's you take the 30 seconds you think. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> true. <laughs> we circle all the way back. Because you have, that's a lot when you think about it that way. Like when somebody's talking, for you to like be in the mindset that you have, like you're trying to understand what they're saying, but then you're also trying to like judge, not judge, but you're trying to like take in what their intentions are. And that's like a lot to yeah. to consider when you're just but, but when they give you the time to take a deep breath, that one, you know, they're really for you. Oh. You get what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the, the, the little things. Like, I pay attention to it a lot. Fuck. I do analyze people a lot. Yeah. Like, when you talk to them, I notice their feet. 
So you when you talk to them and their feet point away, that means they don't they want to walk away. Is that's what that's what it means? Yeah. Interesting. So they want like hey. the body language. Yeah. So those are the little minimal thing. You know what? That's funny because I, I when I was in school one time, I took a visual communications class, and all that stuff matters. Like what I learned is that when people are nervous or uncomfortable, they block their their arteries and it's a form of like, like comforting this. themselves like whether it's this you know people are like yeah. that or like that yeah. or like if you have some type of insecurity on your body you you hide it to comfort yourself because yeah. you're subliminally like you don't know you're doing my, it my thing is like i start scratching my head you start scratching your head yeah a, a lot of time when my best friend noticed me like they would walk over and grab my hand and remove it from my hand. <laughs> yeah. When they feel my frustration, I have a lot of friends, like my best friend, would walk over and literally grab my hand and be like, nope. Just so like, you can stop it, doing it? Yeah, like, because I, I would stand there like this, like, like uh, you know what I mean, do a certain thing, and they would come over and grab and, like, everybody, pull it down. Everybody has one of those things. Yeah. So that's probably, like, how you comfort yourself subliminally, yeah. right? Like, that's your go-to pose. Yeah. That's it, but that's a good one to have because you can't really tell like if you're just going like this like it's, yeah like it doesn't look like you're uncomfortable you're just kinda yeah like, like you relax but but that that how we act that how we like make ourselves feel like oh we're that cool guy like yeah you know what I mean everybody everybody has that well, thing what's too. your habit if you want to open it to oh, people a hundred percent mine is um they're different when I'm nervous I scratch my nose a lot I like fiddle <laughs> with my nose I'm just like doing things to my face like that that's my like. I guess when I'm nervous, when I when I'm really thinking about something, I I do what I'm doing right now. I like look away and I like it's oh, almost going now. It's almost like I'm getting into my own zone of like. But that's good though. Exactly. And some people, for some people though, like if if you didn't oh, know, disrespect. It could be disrespectful yeah, to some people. Yeah. Exactly. But really, it's it goes back to like what you were saying before. Like I'm actually giving you my full thought because i'm getting into like my own zone of like trying to yeah, give you my to best give you my yeah my 150 percent exactly yeah so those and are those what those are for me i scratched my nose because it's itchy now <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's wild like damn we have a lot of good conversation i have nothing to do with fashion no, that's, <laughs> i didn't realize really... that it's a fashion podcast and we just like went into a whole lot of other things yeah. it's like but at the same time, you That's know. That's what it should be. Because we're more than our art. More we're than like, what your art is. Yeah, like we're more than what we put ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize it. Pe- people think like our best and who we are is what we put out. Like, I mean, my favorite designer say, fuck off. So you think like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's it's all too like relative to like what you're doing in your brand because you all of these things we talked about, while they're not necessarily like fashion related, or some of it has been, it's still like who you are as a person and it plays a part into like like the story you told about um like the different like intersections of uh your upbringing and how that plays a factor in the backstory to that it's just like. You know that's something you went through, but it still plays a factor in in your brands. You know, and it's yeah. it it it's all background and gives context into like Without why you do. Conscious. 
yeah, well, into why you do what you do. And I think that's super important. And, and I love that everyone have their own personality now. Mm-hmm. Like, at least our generation, but like, now, like, and most of the kid now fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, everyone just fucking hate Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The grudge and Y2K thing. Lo- like, lone wolf or, or fuck off. Like, these different messages or slogans that you have with your brand. Are you trying to, like, appeal to a certain crowd um, that might have been in similar shoes to you, if that makes sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes and no, in a way. It's almost like a call out. You get what I mean? A call out? Yeah, it's almost like, hey, like, look at me. I'm just like you. Do you want to be a part of this? Mm. Instead of like, hey, I'm just like you. Okay. You, you get what I mean? Yeah, it's like counterculture almost, or? No, it is almost like a cry for help in a way, but which is still a good thing, I think. Because a lot of people, a lot of us created for alone. Fucking, I just said what Bari just said, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get a text from this one. Why? Because Bari and a guy named B gonna text me because I said it, because they are creative for alone. Oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I could cut it out. Oh, no, you're good. Okay. I, yeah, but uh, it, it is true in a way. People do grow and change. Yeah, the, the way I'm gonna leave it up there, but yeah, it is a cry out to hey, uh, we exist, you know what I mean? Like, people like me and you exist, and not alone. And if I can get here, you probably can be better. Yeah, if you can make it to this stage in yeah. your life, you can so too. you can make it alone too. But at the same time, if there this many long wolf, are we really alone? You're like finding sense in community yeah. almost. Yeah, like it's like a play on almost yeah. on. Yeah, just a play on everything I do, and you already know that it's mm-hmm. almost like a poem, like a riddle, like in a way, like it does it really. Are we really alone if we doing this? But yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, I need to go more deep into it because I think. Yeah respecting kids that following us or respecting us or like liking us they're smart enough to know absolutely it's like respecting your consumer or your fan yeah and all they can find like like they relate to it right yeah like because we're not dumb it down for them because they don't need to be dumb it down fair enough what is uh what's next for you and luminaires is there anything that you have coming up in like the near future or what are you most focused on right now uh, from here on out i think i'm gonna start dropping every month oh wow so it's gonna be uh direct to people i want to drop my price point completely down and let everyone wear it wow yeah. so more accessible yeah so my idea just how I said in the beginning, I just want to build like almost like a cult, like a team, a community. So I want to cut out all the gatekeeper and mm. let everyone own a piece of Lumiere's. No matter how exclusive it is, I still want to keep it that way. But that's the goal. So focus on community building yeah. right now. And it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's, Fire. Yeah, I have a concrete idea, but it's 
it's hard to explain or execute it like yeah and i, I don't want to go too deep into it because i want to let it be like let it come out but do you how how are you going to transition from like i feel like the pieces you make now almost have like so much like custom work put into them so like it sounds like if you're making something more accessible it's going to be what is it what are we thinking in regards to that it's going to be like t-shirts no you know i'm going to keep everything the same but i'm just going to like sacrifice myself or like my aspect for it okay. and let everyone have more and then i take less wow yeah that's a that's really putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, like instead of fucking six hundred dollar pants, I'm just gonna do like two or three. Okay. Yeah. Cutting the price point significantly. Yeah, yeah. and cut out all the middleman, or the gatekeeper, or the store, and just building something great. Wow. When and yeah. when can we start expecting like these new jobs? Uh, is I literally put something on the website today. Oh, but I fine. haven't announced it yet. But I think there's only like five of each left. People like looking at it. So it's simple things right now, but it's going to be fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And what about for you? Like what's most, lastly, like what's most important for you right now? I think building a community and just be happy for now. Like, uh, yeah, like, just happy with what I'm doing and focus on how I can sustain a community. What makes you most happy? Creating. Creating? Yeah. If, as long as I can make things, I would say I have, like, five to, like, seven years left until I'm, like, 30. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that one, I'm going to start thinking about numbers. But but would so with that said, would you say these next three years, three or four years right now, are gonna be your most like risky years before you get to that stage? Almost like not maybe not risky, but your most like you're gonna try to maybe take a little bit more like out there ideas. I, I think I have to focus more on what's safe, but at the same time keep my aesthetic. <laughs> and that's that. We'll yeah. we'll keep it at that. Cool. Well, what, where can people follow you if they want to continue to follow your journey or your um, brand? Start with Instagram because we have YouTube coming up for oh, the vlog for like everyday things. Because I want to open up like a whole new culture. One, I want to have like a almost an open source to show people how to do everything. Do the same thing I do. Because I'm not worried if people have the same thing. It's just like, if you have the same resource and you can do it better, go ahead. Yeah, and you're not gatekeeping what yeah. you keep saying. And then uh, TikTok's starting soon because, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, those are things. Just don't follow me on Twitter. Okay. IG. <laughs> so what's the IG? Uh, Kyle Lumiers. K-A-I-L-U-M-I-E-R-E-S. Cool. We'll drop that in the in the descriptions below. So go ahead and follow my guy on IG and those other socials, except for Twitter. But no, nah, I think that's really important. Like something I've been realizing 
um, as of recently, more than ever, is showing the process is super important, and people love watching the process and yeah. applying it to their own creative endeavors. Fire, man. Well, I think we went, what, like almost two hours in on this. It felt like it was like almost 30 minutes. What's the longest one? Uh, two hours. I think this was like right up there because usually like an hour, hour and a half. But Kai, bro, I appreciate you giving us your time and vulnerability. Um, we could go for fuck. I feel like even yeah. two more hours if we really want to, but we'll, we'll stop here. Um, any last words that you want to say before we hop off? Um, no, just do you guys. Do you guys love it? We'll end on that from creative ambiance. This is Levi Kai Nguyen checking out. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.